So last Tuesday, I shared with the elders on session my new excitement as a budding gardener. This is a big deal for me because I typically have a very black thumb. But the building supervisor of our small apartment complex is a retired minister who has gardened her entire life. And there's a side yard between our parking lot and the San Rafael Creek where she's created a vast oasis of bulbs and veggies and flowering plants. It's gorgeous, and when she harvests things, it's tasty. And a little over a month ago, I felt the desire to play in the dirt. So I asked if there were a space where I could pull some weeds, because I love pulling weeds. You get your hands in the dirt, you're laughing, because you know. You get your hands in the dirt, and you can really see the progress at the end of just a small amount of time. So she laughed and made fun of me a little bit, and then showed me a space on the far side of the building to work. And I did. Then she asked if I'd like to take over tending the five rose bushes that are in large containers on that side of the building. It meant having a bit of space, mostly shade, but I could add a few pots and plants as I saw fit. Sure, I have been so excited about these five pots, and I've been learning something new each week about pruning and fungus and where, where to go for what at the hardware store at Oshman's. And I have been enjoying the different perfumes from the different roses that come off the bush and that I enjoy at my dinner table. Well, last weekend, my gardening square footage increased dramatically as I was asked if I would water and tend the plants and flowers on the other side of the fence the ones directly along the sidewalk. They needed watering, and since I was already moving the hose for the roses, would I mind taking this on? She said I'd have full range to change up the plants if I wanted. Great, I thought. Now I have actual property to tend. I am moving up. (laughs) Yesterday, I tended the rose bushes and remembered the extra watering. So I pulled on the hose and dropped it over the short little fence. And then I walked around and began watering from the street side. And as I watered, I realized I didn't really know which plants were in my zone. So to be safe, I just kept watering and walked up the fence line uh, towards the side of the building until the hose couldn't reach. I figured that would definitely cover my responsibilities for the day, for the week. So I coiled up the hose and went to collect my cuttings. And that's when I noticed that the rose bush nearest the building, which had been standing about three feet tall, was now laying at a 90 degree angle. Boop. My first impulse was to be angry with the mean person who mangled my little rose bush. And then as I stood there in shock, it started to dawn on me that I had put the hose over the fence right next to the bush. And then as I started walking towards the building, trying to water all those flowers, I had pulled on the hose, and the hose had taken out the bush. The stem, it wasn't a bush, it was a stem. But I hadn't looked to see what what path the hose had traveled. And that is when the little voice in my head said, run! but I didn't. There was no other explanation except for me and the hose. And so I had on my gloves and I touched the stem lightly 
and it just popped off into my hand. In my disbelief, I actually considered sticking it back in the soil, but then I realized that it's a stick now, it's not going to root itself again. And this is all leading me to say that I am grateful that Jesus seems to know what he was doing when he assigned roles to his gardening metaphor. No loose ends, no swapping parts. Jesus is the vine, God is the vine grower, and we are the branches. And the vine and the branches are much safer with me in the branch position rather than as the caretaker of the vines. Because in only five short weeks, I managed to take out 20% of the plants entrusted to me, which is only good work if you're pulling weeds. I am the vine. Every time I read this phrase, I hear the voice of the pastor from my family's church in Texas. Davis, he goes by Davis, says these same words every month as he serves communion. He says the words of institution in a prayer from behind the table, then he comes out and he serves the elders who then serve communion. And as he offers the cup to the elders, he says something like this. I am the vine, you are the branches. And I always think, ah. And then what I remember him saying is, cut off from me, you can do nothing. And I always hear his voice as I, as I hear this passage. And I always get excited at the first part, but then it's that second line about pruning and being cut off. And, well, it always took me out of the moment. I started to think existential thoughts, even as a teen. What would I have to do to be cut off? And I cannot tell you if he ever said a third line, perhaps one that said, abide in me and stay in relationship with me and you will bear many fruits, because the angst and fear that I felt took over. And I couldn't figure out why Jesus or Davis, two guys that I trusted, were being so mean. Although I'd be willing to put money on that Davis actually does finish that phrase, because I do know his heart. But not everyone puts it there. And it's, it's hard sometimes to get past this metaphor. So let's explore it. Jesus' metaphor of vine and branches was one from an agricultural setting, and his audience would have been familiar with the lingo. And I know some of us garden much better than, than I do, and you may do it for pure beauty or for some nice edibles from time to time. And I'm pretty sure a farmer raising grapes expects vines to produce a crop of fruit. I'd wager that the majority of fields of grapes growing to the north and east of us are intended for a purpose beyond beautiful snapshots by tourists, but are actually meant to be harvested. Their first priority is making money off the fruit of their vine. I think this is yet another passage where Jesus is being descriptive. Because we have probably all seen vines that are growing without tending. The ones that are a heap of interwoven shoots that are just a lot of mess. But a loving vine grower, one that wants a harvest, clips and trims and ties back the branches so that they have the best possible chance of growing fruit. This means that some branches will be pruned or cut off, And a branch that is pruned or cut off won't survive. It dries up and it will be disposed of, as Joanne was speaking of earlier. So these branches end up in a trash heap that's burned or perhaps to modernize this, 
we might suggest that the prune branches should be put in your green compost bin. Wouldn't that change up the feel of this passage? God will compost the pruned branches. Ah, that God, she's so eco-friendly. She's a really good gardener. Abiding is a word that is in our passage, it is in our liturgy this morning, and, and it's not a word that we use very much. It can also be translated as remain. Remain in relationship with me, remain connected. This seems to be Jesus' point. Stay connected to me. Hold on. Stay close. Don't let go. As one commentator put it, if we remain on the vine, we are tended in safety, trellised to fullness, kept from disasters of our own making, which includes hoses that come at odd times. And vines, like churches, and families and individual lives are meant to grow and stretch and learn. They need to, we need to be tended. And the promise of abiding in Jesus is not for its own sake, nor an end in itself. For Jesus imagines and, a prom- and promises a dynamic and changing community. Vines are pruned and cleansed. Branches that wither and die are removed. This points to a constantly changing community that is called to be up and doing. A part of this, Jesus suggests, is also submitting to the pruner's shears, allowing ourselves to be humbled and reworked so that new growth can come. I want to share a story I heard from a pastor in Arizona. Let's call her Mary. I met Mary at a training in February, and Mary introduced herself and confided that she was having a difficult time leading her congregation into their future. She said she saw so many gifts and so many fruits, but her congregants were wrapped up in a vision of intergenerational ministry, and they desperately wanted young people and families. Who can blame them, I thought, as she started her story. But Mary continued to tell how the church wanted to put on a vacation Bible study. They thought that if they did this over the summer, they would attract families. They had no families, no children at all, so they thought, well, there is a neighboring community, maybe we can borrow some. And they did. They found a few families who were interested in the next community. They picked them up, transported them back to their, children, to their church building, where they put on an old-fashioned BBS program. All week, they made crafts, they sang silly songs, and they did all the fun activities you might expect. And at the end of each day, they transported the families and children back to their homes in the next community. The congregation was devastated when none of these families were interested in coming to church on Sundays. Mary said her congregation was distraught by their inability to attract young people. But then Mary revealed that she was disheartened because they felt, she felt that they were wasting their gifts in pursuit of a goal that simply wasn't practical. Because it turned out that their church was in the middle of a large, flourishing retirement community. And rather than being open to the ministry that was in front of them, they were caught withering on the vine in a negative spiral based on assumptions of what a healthy church should look like from previous communities and previous generations. And despite their best intentions, their community was not able to abide with love with their own community for what it was. They weren't able to appreciate and love themselves for who they are. And Mary was sad. 
For faith, another word for abiding in Christ, is something that hopefully does not stay stagnant in an understanding of what it should be. Rather, faith in its best sense is a dynamic relationship with the living God. And from time to time, we could benefit from God's pruning. From time to time, it's important for us to take stock of where we feel God leading and pruning our life together and as individuals. For as a community, we share our needs and our callings, we share our gifts. And abiding together, we can learn rather than stagnate. And I believe that God plants callings and visions in our hearts. After church today, we will discuss where we feel our vine, this vine, is growing. And we may discern in coming weeks and months ways we may need to prune our projects, our assumptions, our practices as a community. I hope you will attend today and again at the second of these meetings on March 31st. And I want to remind you that God is the master gardener and the master vine grower. Let us be open to God's pruning and to God's call. And let us continue to grow together, knowing God's masterful hands guide us and trusting Christ to lead the way. Amen.